Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Res for the Sega Dreamcast and going back to the year 2001. At the time of recording, it is February the 25th, 2024. I am Ash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. Guten Morgen. Yeah, we're once again doing this on a, on a Sunday. On a Sunday morning. Yeah. A little bit of bad, no doubt, cover for everybody. There you go. Um, yeah, how are, how are you doing? Doing good. I've had a busy couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of busy, kind of not. I think, or the right amount of busy, I'd say. Okay. Um, also, I made it another year around the sun. Yes, that's right. It was your birthday. Yes. <laughs> 40. Uh, uh, you made it it'll happen to you (laughs) yeah 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 it will it'll happen to all of you um hopefully actually um anyway but without going down a dark path um but yeah uh it was yeah it's been good got to see some friends got to do some stuff Mm -hmm. um spoilers for you sadly you were sick <laughs> yeah yeah that was yeah getting into it so we didn't get to a chance to hang out but we did have plans too so what did what did you end up doing so what i did was uh ended up going with friend of the show mr gerald rx40 to a place called sandbox vr mm-hmm. and played some vr stuff um I think it was really cool the way that they handled the like 30 minute experience Mm -hmm. where you get to go in with however many people you booked your session for. So in this case, it was just the two of us and it was like, it was his very first time doing VR. I have my own VR headset, so I have done VR before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but like when we when we played the I think Deadwood Valley is the name of the the zombie one that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like I was curious ahead of time like okay how are they gonna how are they gonna deal with it when like people die, mm-hmm. and when that happens you get to put your hand on your teammate's shoulder and that will revive them. If both of you get overwhelmed and die in the game then you both get revived. Like I, I'm, I think it's a really great way to handle that, especially Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks where this is likely going to be their first VR experience or they don't have a VR setup at home. It takes, it takes all the like pressure of like, Oh man, I made us lose out of the game. And it makes sure that you get to see the entire experience and you don't waste like, the money that you spend for that 30 minute experience. We're like, Oh, we made it five minutes in and then we died. And it's like, yeah. Oh, that sucks to be you. Like cost the same amount of money. Like I'm, I'm glad that it, it's not handled that way. But yeah, it was, it was cool getting to use a wireless VR headset. Mm-hmm. And, uh, also this, like this vest that yes. you can like get feedback from. Turns out that vest is like 500 and something dollars. I ended up looking it up after the fact. Cause I was like, this is kind of cool, but probably yeah. too expensive. And yes, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion for how much I use VR, that is too expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Um, 
but yeah, so so we did that, and then also uh, some friends came over and stayed one night uh, over the long President's Day weekend to hang out with us. Um, we went out to dinner. I introduced them to VR. Um, it's friends that we've hung out with quite a bit, but mm. like generally, like they're they're not they they don't play a lot of video games. Well, one of them actually is very much into the like Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah, and a little bit more, but like isn't isn't into games the same way that we are. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had never really done VR before. Um, so I, I introduced them to Beat Saber because that okay. is one of the best, easiest things to introduce people to, in my opinion, where they immediately understand what to do. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> uh, you got lightsabers in your hands. And also it is not motion sickness inducing because you just stand there. So yeah. um, so anyway, I introduced them to that. We had a blast. Um I've got more to say about Beat Saber as we get to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, just did that, went out to a nice dinner, um, also had folks over to, and I'm kind of now going to like spoilers for the things that we did, but we also played some Jackbox cool, um, yep. with some additional friends. Um, and then, yeah, just, just chilled. It was great. Yeah, I like I like that your birthday had a significant part of it or a part of it in VR. I should say not maybe not significant, yeah. but it was part a virtual birthday. Exactly. <laughs> in a way. So yeah, I was supposed to go to the sandbox VR too, but the night before I started feeling pretty crappy. Um and and I was kind of like I was felt pretty crappy during the day and I was like, Am I getting sick? I'm not sure. There's no way I just got sick. Well, I got sick again, and I think it was a a few things, uh, including like a sinus infection, because I get sinus infections pretty easily for whatever reason. Uh, it's just the way I'm built. And um, but I also had some sort of like cold that is or flu or something that's going around because it seems like a lot of people have it. It's just like this cough, this terrible lingering cough, and I still have it. You might hear it, hear me cough in the show, but. Um, you know, my fever broke earlier this week. I ended up getting some antibiotics for that sinus infection, which I'm still working my way through. Um, so that, that has been a lot of what's been going on with me lately. Like the, the long, we had a president's day weekend, long weekend. I spent pretty much the whole time in bed with going to the doctor. (laughs) Um, it was kind of a blessing because I've got this new job and, you know, sort of there's there's a little silver lining is that instead of missing a bunch of work, I was able to just like stay home and rest. So that was good. So I still ended up calling out the following day, um, just to try and, you know, get a little bit better, but I'm getting pretty close to normal now. Um, I, just really, I was, I had a fever and I was sick enough that I really didn't want to play games. So I didn't, you know, play Oh, that's, that's when you're real sick. When you're yeah, like, I um, don't even feel well enough to play video games. That's yeah, terrible. I <laughs> just wanted to lie there. I watched a ton of movies. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's easy so that, enough to do. Cause yeah. you can just like, you don't even have to, you don't have to engage in anything. You have to use your brain. You're just like feed feed my eyes something while i just hate my life and i lay here <laughs> i watched like the newest black panther movie wakanda forever oh how was it yeah it was it's good it's good it's there's some there's some really sad portions you know considering with um yeah with uh, chadwick i always forget yeah. his last name but, chadwick um, 
yeah yeah it's a anyway so that that was that was a little rough but it was it's a good movie um i recommend it uh i watched a, a few random things for this movie club that i'm in in discord um this this one movie called the adventures of mark twain which is a 1984 claymation movie about okay. mark twain and tom sawyer and huckleberry finn and becky thatcher's in there also and they're they're um going on a mission to um uh i guess uh embark or land on Haley's comet so they drive this like flying steamboat in wow. mark Twain. in fact yeah it's totally crazy film it's interesting and it's very 80s and and random but it's a uh, general generally i'd say i recommend it i guess if you were into that kind of thing if you like the idea of an 80s uh claymation movie <laughs> um so that so that was that was yeah kind of kind of random and something that i watched but um there are some other things but they're just not coming to mind right now so there you go all right 80s um, claymation mark twain yeah yep yep the adventures of mark twain <laughs> um yeah so I, I played a couple things like i played something yesterday which i'll talk about later in the show and um and i did try one thing on my steam deck when i was uh trying to get through res um so uh yeah that's that's pretty much it not a lot of games but i hope to get back to it soon um i definitely have this itch to play games or i just need to find the right thing that i'm feeling you know yeah i know what you mean so i need to like maybe try and fire up that you know the the old faithfuls like the uh, rocket league or the um the sims something that's easy to get into and um i'll be there again i hope so. yeah yeah or or I don't know, anything that just looks mildly interesting. Just yeah. like boom. Yeah. Like I don't know. Something on you know, something off a of game pass or Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. PlayStation Plus if you if you got the extra something in the game catalog. Yeah. I'm optimistic about our next game this week, so maybe that'll that'll uh you know, it'll hook me. So but more on that later. Yes. I'm <laughs> I am I now too am looking forward to playing the next game already. Yes. Mission accomplished. Yeah, that's really. I I actually almost started playing it before recording instead of trying to replay some more res. But I was like, no, I should be good and play some more res, (laughs) 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 just to have just to have it fresh. Yeah. Um. Anyway. All right. Well. Uh. Before we get on to talking about res, um. I. (laughs) I thought, since we didn't get a question. This, this I thought is a I would idea. ask. I thought I would ask someone to ask a question, and the someone that I asked was ChatGPT. <laughs> hey, love, love that guy. Yeah, I went. <laughs> I went into ChatGPT and was like, "Hey, come up with a question for the hosts of the podcast Retro Game Time Machine," and it did. Uh, the question that ChatGPT came up with for us is: with the resurgence of interest in retro gaming. How do you think the simplicity and constraints of older games contribute to their enduring appeal? Additionally, are though or sorry, are there lessons that contemporary game developers could learn from uh, the design philosophies of retro games? So, mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good question. Yeah, I, th- I um, thought so too. 
Yeah, so thanks, ChatGPT. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, I was like being salty in my response initially, like before we started recording. But I, but, but for real, like I think that that is one of my main answers, which is the the thing that I feel like le- or lessons that modern games could get from old games is not everything needs to be live service. Not yeah. everything has to have microtransactions. Those things I feel like are ruining a lot of games or my desire to play them. Yeah. Like just the, uh, like Overwatch 2 is the perfect example. Overwatch mm-hmm. 2, or sorry, the original Overwatch. Sure, there were loot boxes that you could buy, but in no way did it really do anything for you other than you just didn't want to put in the extra time to have a chance to unlock all of these items when you leveled up and just got a loot box for free just for playing. Mm-hmm. It, it like, uh, I don't know, that the previous model I feel like was still, like it had a foot in modern day, but it still had an even bigger foot <laughs> mm-hmm. in the older model of like, you bought a game, great, just keep playing it. And then they ruined that model with Overwatch 2, which is why I still don't go back and play it. Like the, the, the anything that adds the battle pass and anything that is adding like a carrot on a stick for you to stay engaged with a game so that you're more likely to spend money or things like that. That is the opposite (laughs) Mm -hmm. of what I feel like, I don't know, gaming should be doing. So I guess, so instead I've gone off on a tangent of what I don't like about modern games as opposed to what (laughs) modern games should do uh, related to the enduring appeal of retro games. Um, I think it's a good answer because, you know, like Deep Rock Galactic, I'll say, does really well with the Battle Pass because it's there, but it's not forced down your throat. It's just like, hey, there's this, this little terminal over there. You can ignore that. Don't even pay attention to it if you don't want to, you know? Helldivers 2, same thing. Helldivers 2, I didn't even, I didn't know, I could, I didn't even see a way that I could buy the pass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm glad you brought up Helldivers 2, because I was listening to the Digital Foundry uh, Direct weekly podcast, and they were talking about, hey, um, Helldivers is a live, Helldivers 2 is a live service game. How come everybody is like giving uh, Suicide Squad? Squad kills the Justice League so much issue. That's because of being it being a live service game. It's a different. And, they have different philosophies. Yeah, and <laughs> the expectation, you know, is you know, Rocksteady they used to make single player experiences that were engaging, and then they come out with this, and it's, comp- you know, it it feels forced. It feels like, well, this isn't why I came here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, is not for the live service game. I wanted to engage in, you know arguably single player experience you know see and i guess spoilers for i won't go into depth but i have been playing hell divers too mm-hmm. you know i'd be like <laughs> i'd be surprised to learn it's a live service game from even how much i've been playing it like just because 
the the philosophy of what it's I, I guess the philosophy of the game developers is way different from that of most other companies that are trying like that are actively trying to nickel and dime you for everything. Yeah. Where like I'll probably at some point end up spending money that I don't have to spend in Helldivers because I love the game so much and it isn't trying to force me to do it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It's it's like reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, look, we have this stuff here if you want it. It's like it's all like it's all cosmetic. It's all like uh anyway. Mm-hmm. Um if I could pick up to Please do, please. Yeah, if um you know it, with my idea of like, you know, um I I think a big thing that retro games got good is that a lot of the technical constraints, like they, you know, they say technical constraints breed creativity. Yeah. It's a paraphrased quote, but like on the Nintendo 64 and even like going back to the NES, your imagination had to fill in the gaps, you know? Yeah. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit with res later as well. But your imagination sort of like even that that makes some games like that are on the N64 like more creepy because they use things like fog, you know, so your your brain has nothing to do but like fill in the gaps like, oh, my God, what's in that fog? What could be there (laughs) or what's in the darkness or or it just seemed like that was an, you know, sort of an enhancement, whereas like in games today, everything, you know, demands, you know, full resolution and everything is perfectly sculpted and it's just like there's leaves nothing to the imagination you know and i think that's what maybe because i was younger you know my imagination ran more wild in games but that was i think something you know just like you know it's okay to if if the soda cans aren't perfectly round you know like (laughs) we 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 know what they are (laughs) yeah so maybe that's something that People could, le- you know, uh, modern games could learn. But I, I think the, the big thing is is scope, you know, like I yeah. think the technical restraints didn't let you run wild. Like today, it feels like anything's possible. You can make any kind of game. Right. But it's like on the N64, it's like, OK, no, there's not going to be online multiplayer. It's, it's just not possible. <laughs> you know, we're not going to well, add it <laughs> to even even to go back to like what you just said, scope, yeah. Re- regardless of the technical capabilities, I feel like the the scope of some games can and should be reduced (laughs) right because i feel like because of all of the extra horsepower well Mm -hmm. extra i'll put in air quotes because i don't really know i'm not a game developer Mm -hmm. um but like it just it I think it does allow you to go a little, a little crazy with like oh we could do this and we had this and we could have all these things um so yeah, I don't know. Just like smaller scope, and then what what you do have, like make it amazing. Yeah, make it um, fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I guess thinking about Hell Divers too. Again, like they, I I love that they like set up their projections for how the game was going to do based off of the first game which only ever had like i think seven thousand concurrent players <laughs> mm, okay 
And they just finished making the servers for this weekend to allow for 800,000 concurrent players. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> it's just, it's selling like wildfire because it's, it, it's not, it's not a greedy battle pass. It's not something that's like, you got to get in this every like 12 to 18 hours because there's new stuff or there's, I don't know. It's like, because it's not trying so hard, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's really grabbing everyone's attention, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, it's the old don't show too much interest slash, you know, don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't try, don't, yeah. Don't try too hard. <laughs> and the, the, the mystery will pull people back. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You You'll know, have it, more it, Riz that way. and and when we we talk about scope i think about like you know a lot of people ask like why don't games run at 60 frames per second like why why don't all games just on playstation 5 run it's why is there a 30 fps who cares like but why why are why does it just seem like we're stuck on this 30 fps and i think it's the developers too like they can they can make any game they want at 60 fps it's just a a shift in priorities right like we're gonna need to make you know these things look this nice or or we gamers we... are a fickle bunch yeah. we're very hard to please no i agree i agree um and but in some games work it at 30 fps just fine you know like it's, yeah it's it totally depends on the game but it just kind of depends like whether the developer is what sacrifices they're willing to make to get there you know yeah and and they're like, no, we want to be the best looking game out there, you know, full stop. <laughs> so <laughs> sacrifices have to be made. Um, hopefully that answered your question, Chat GPT. Thank you. For if your... you're listening, Chat GPT, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we, we appreciate your continued support. <laughs> Long time listener, Chat GPT. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if it'll ever have an opportunity to in like assess and index all podcasts and then I guess hear this someday yeah. and be like, yeah. oh, that's so nice. We'll, we'll just feed it the transcript. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, all right. Did you like it, Chad? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, going forward. Well, so we don't have news right now. And I think mm-hmm. kind of going forward, we're, we're going to make having news the exception and not the rule because we've been skipping it a lot recently. And there's some stuff that I, I saw that I technically could have thrown in here, but I'm like, I don't feel passionate talking about this. So yeah. anyway, I feel more passionate uh, answering chat GPT's questions yeah, and... And talking about games like Res and all of our other, the and the ninety-two other games that we've played previously. Hey, coming down to a hundred. I know we got to do something special for a hundred. Yeah, I was about to say the same things. Yeah, we got. Um, I was actually just talking to my partner about it this morning, and she was like, "You should like have guests and stuff." So oh, maybe. Wow. My partner said the same thing. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, they're on the same. Maybe wavelength. they should be our guests. <laughs> yes. Yeah. B. R. K. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that's that's enough silliness. Should we should we go back in time and talk about Res? Let's do it. All right, let's get in that time machine. We have arrived. It is November the 22nd. The year is 2001. This is for the Japanese release date of Res on the Dreamcast because I learned that it didn't come out uh, on the Dreamcast in North America. It came out in Europe. Uh, I thought okay. it came out in the US. Uh, I was wrong. Not until the PS2. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself because, hey, what is that song that is playing on my car stereo from the radio? That would be Family Affair from Mary J. Blige. My favorite on this podcast. It is. Uh, and also, uh, number one song in the UK today was If You Come Back from Blue. I think that we've had these songs before. I know that Probably. we've definitely been to this month because Halo came out this month. Uh, um, okay. I think Luigi's Mansion might have come out this month. And then I think another game, or Pikmin maybe? That, anyway. Oh, hold on. Your video got, or sorry, your audio got all weird. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it wasn't important. I was just talking about Pikmin, so. Okay, Pikmin. Not very interesting. All right, well, other things going on this month in November of 2001. November 4th, Baseball World Series. Uh, Arizona beats the New York Yankees 3-2 to two in Game 7 at Bank One Ballpark. Phoenix, uh, oh yeah, it's the Diamondbacks' first World Series title. Uh, also yeah. November the 4th, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first film adaptation of the book series by J.K. Rowling, starring Daniel Radcliffe, premieres in London uh, and titled Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in some other markets, like here in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> yeah. Uh, November 6th, TV drama series 24, starring Kiefer Sutherland, premieres on Fox. November 15th, Microsoft releases the first Xbox game console in the United States. November 20th, uh, U.S. President George W. Bush dedicates the U.S. Department of Justice headquarters, uh, the Robert F. Kennedy Justice Building, on what would have been his 76th birthday. Using up's release this month include Britney from Britney Spears, Laundry Service from Shakira, I Get Wet from Andrew W.K., Misunderstood from Pink, Cocky from Kid Rock, and self-titled albums from Smash Mouth and Hoobastank. Movies released this month include Behind Enemy Lines, Black Knight, out Cold, Spy Game, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Also, Sorcerer's Stone, I think, would come out the same month, but, mm. like, later. <laughs> um, Monsters, Inc., Shallow Hell, and Amelie. Oh, that's right. I also went and saw um, Amelie on um, Valentine's Day. Okay, sure. Yeah, went and saw that can't remember maybe i maybe i would have already talked about that in the last episode maybe not a little movie yeah i don't remember when we recorded so never mind oh uh, yeah it's one of my favorite movies mm. so good anyway uh also video games released uh, video games released this month include halo combat evolved tony hawk's pro skater 3 on the gamecube metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty for the playstation 2 civilization 3 for the personal computer Madden NFL 2002 on the GameCube, Super Smash Brothers Melee also on the GameCube, Return to Castle Wolfenstein on the personal computer, 
Res for the Sega Dreamcast, and Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 also for the GameCube. Yeah, there was a lot going on, um, even though this was released in you know Japan at the time, but there was a lot going on stateside also. With uh... Yes, even if it had released in the U.S., I still would not have played it this month. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially, I know I was waiting for Melee eagerly when that came out. Melee! Played that obsessively for a long time. <laughs> I wonder if we should play that for the show sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah we probably, you know, that we we um, we should. Um, I think I marked down Smash Brothers Brawl because it does have a story mode that's actually, I think, genuinely oh, interesting. I'll, but, need to, I'll need to find Brawl. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. still the only one I've never played. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll figure that out uh, another time. But uh, for now, we are here November 22nd, 2001. In Res, Japan. In Japan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the future, it will be playable on uh, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, PS4, PS5, and PC. I skipped the Dreamcast. That was the original platform. But uh, anyway. And the about- Steam Deck. <laughs> Yeah, hey, yes, where which is where I played it. Um which uh it is verified. I don't know if I agree with it, but um let's talk It's about verified the, playable. It's, it's not verified, verified enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, we're on that a little bit later. Uh, but we're going to talk about the history right now. Uh Res developed by United Game Artists under Sega, which was the brainchild of Tetsuya Mizuguchi, a figure previously known for his work on racing games the concept of res traces back to the mid 90s um, inspired by the collective experience of an open air music event in europe which led um, mitsuguchi uh, to envision a game that could replicate the communal vibrancy of music and movement despite initial technological limitations the idea for res began to take shape alongside the development of sega's dreamcast console Uh, mizuguchi's vision was to create an accessible game that could draw in a wide demographic including those typically disengaged from gaming the development of res officially kicked off after the completion of space channel 5 with a team comprising members of team andromeda known for the panzer dragoon series The project saw its fair share of internal conflicts during its pre-production phase attributed to the diverse backgrounds of its team members. Rez underwent several title changes before setting on its final name, which Mizuguchi felt had a global appeal and connected to the concept of de-rezzing from the film Tron, though uh, another account suggests it was derived from the word resolute. Gameplay of Res was innovative, aiming to merge shooting mechanics with musical elements where actions within the game would contribute to background music, creating a full-body experience. This idea was heavily influenced by Mizuguchi's exposure to arcade games and rave culture, striving to encapsulate the entrancing effect of music and visuals on an audience. The game also adopted a forgiving approach towards player errors integrating them into the game's score to accommodate a wider range of players res's development faced technical challenges especially with its transition to a multi-platform release for both the dreamcast and playstation and playstation 2 due to the dreamcast's declining market presence 
The game's art music took inspiration from various sources, including the abstract works of Vasily Kandinsky and electronic dance music, reflecting Mizuguchi's experiences in Europe. The art direction, led by Katsumi uh, Yokota, utilized wireframe graphics to create a unique visual style that complemented the game's musical elements. Narrative res was conveyed through sensory means rather than traditional storytelling, with Mizuguchi aiming to illustrate a metaphorical journey of life intertwined with music. This was supported by the game's art and music, which were meticulously aligned to represent various themes and emotions, culminating in a climactic realization that tied the game's cyberpunk aesthetic to a more profound metaphorical concept. The soundtrack of Res was a collaborative effort involving various composers and artists blending original tracks and licensed music to match the game's eclectic visual and gameplay design. The music played a pivotal role in the game's immersive experience, with each track tailored to enhance the gameplay and narrative themes. The album release of the Res soundtrack further showcased the game's musical achievements, featuring remixes and contributions from the game's diverse array of musical talent. Res stands as a testament to the creative ambition of Tetsuya Mizuguchi and his team, merging the realms of video gaming, music, and art into a cohesive and immersion immersive experience its development history reflects a journey of innovation collaboration and artistic exploration resulting in a game that remains celebrated for its unique contribution to the gaming landscape yeah it is a it is a very interesting game that didn't Mm. really have anything like it Mm -hmm. before it came out at least that i'm aware of Mm -hmm. um and i feel like it helped well, I mean, I don't know. It's funny. In some ways, I'd say it's in the same family as Parappa mm-hmm. and also in the same family as Guitaru Man, but I think Guitaru Man came out after this. I mean, it's I don't know, it's a music rhythm game. Like kind of, but but at the same time it isn't. It's like a music rhythm shooter, but I guess you're not forced to do anything at the rhythm. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely like um, the lines had been smeared and blended on what this game actually is. Like it's kind of part rhythm game, it's part shooter, um, or on rail shooter. Yeah, um, I mean it's like it's like Panzer Dragoon with like an EDM soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, an abstract art style. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, as far as the reception. Upon its release, Res received a mixed commercial reception, but was highly praised by critics for its innovative fusion of music, visuals, and gameplay. Despite its low sales figures, which some attributed to inadequate marketing and its, un- and its unconventional nature, the game was celebrated for its unique approach. Famitsu lauded the game for blending rail shooter mechanics with the music genre elements uh, and for its visual design. However, the Dreamcast version received slightly lower scores due to the PS2's PS2 version's enhanced gameplay immersion attributed to the trance vibrator accessory. Oh, okay. I wasn't. I think that was like a, I think it was like a uh, vest of some sort. I think so. Wearable. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Critics from various publications recognized Res for its artistic and musical achievements. Edge magazine appreciated both versions of the game, but noted technical issues with the Dreamcast version. Eurogamer's Martin Taylor acknowledged the game's short gameplay, context, 
content, but pre <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try that one more time. Eurogamer's Martin Taylor acknowledged the game's short gameplay content, but praised its visual auditory design. Official Dreamcast Magazine Sam Jones and Martin Mathers had differing views, with Jones pointing out the game's lack of challenge and Mathers calling it an essential purchase. I I don't know. I I just <laughs> I think Jones is a liar. <laughs> like like breeze through this game. Like don't take no hits. I'll, we'll see how well you do. You know, I I I don't think I don't I don't know. <laughs> the the trans vibrator is not a vest. I was wrong. Oh, okay. I looked it up and it's just like this little USB. I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> okay, okay. It's it plugs into the USB port of the PS2, uh-huh. but then it just like looks like, do you sit on it? <laughs> okay. Cause it's, but I mean, but it's not like, it's not like, it definitely does not look like a seat. I really don't know what you're supposed to do with this. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I did find like, it was funny that I like searched for it and there was like a Kotaku article. It's like gaming's first vibrator turns 15 years old this year. That's from 2017. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Weird stuff's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Um, wild times. How do you use the. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're afraid to put that into Google, right? It's so. like, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, sorry. You. Okay. Uh, you just finished where it said calling it an essential purchase. Okay. Yeah. Uh, IGN's David Smith and GameSpot's Jeff Gersman highlighted Rez's engaging narrative and presentation, though they noted the gameplay might not appeal to all due to, due to its unique blend of styles. PSM 2's Duncan Baisley uh, recognized its niche appeal, but criticized its gameplay and music for mainstream audiences. Thomas L. McDonald of Games Magazine admired Rez for carving out its own niche in the gaming world, emphasizing... It's departure from traditional rhythm games. The HD re-release of Res and its subsequent versions on PS4 and PC as Res Infinite received acclaim for technical improvements and the addition of VR support, showcasing the game's enduring appeal and ahead-of-its-time concept. Critics like Sam Kennedy from 1UP.com and Simon Parkin of Eurogamer praised res infinite for its enhanced graphics and audio suggesting modern audiences would appreciate it more than the, the original vr mode and area x received universal acclaim for their immersive visual music and visuals <laughs> with many believing res infinite fulfilled the game's full potential res and res infinite garnered several awards and nominations reflecting their impact uh, on the gaming industry and cultural significance. The game received recognition from the Agency for Cultural Affairs Media Art Festival in Japan and was nominated for Innovation and Design Awards at various ceremonies, including the NAVGTR Awards and the Interactive Achievement Awards. Its inclusion in anniversary retrospectives and rankings by publications like Time and Edge underscored its lasting influence and status as a groundbreaking title in video game history. As for the overview... Res is a unique blend of rail shooter and music game genres, offering players an immersive experience that combines gameplay mechanics with an evolving electronic soundtrack. As a hacker, the player's mission is to navigate through the cyberspace of malfunctioning artificial intelligence named Eden, 
battling viruses and corrupted security programs. The game is structured into five levels referred to as areas with the initial gameplay allowing access to only the first four. The fifth area becomes available once players achieve a perfect leveling score across the preceding levels, adding a layer of challenge and progression. The gameplay of Res is distinctive for its integration of music and action. Players control their avatar on a predetermined path using lock-on missile launcher to target and destroy up to eight enemies simultaneously. This action not only advances the player through the game, but also contributes to the background music. Each successful hit adds a musical note to the track, creating a dynamic soundtrack that evolves with the player's actions. This feature, combined with vibration feedback through the controller, creates a multi-sensory experience, marrying sight, sound, and touch. The player's avatar can evolve into different forms, each representing a power level. Starting at level 1, or... Yeah, the player can, the avatar can upgrade its form by collecting progress nodes dropped by defeating enemies. Conversely, taking damage causes the avatar to devolve into a previous form with the game ending if the avatar is hit while at its lowest level, level zero. The inclusion of overdrive nodes, which trigger a powerful screen clearing attacks, adds strategic depth to the gameplay, allowing players to navigate through particularly challenging sections uh, or boss fights more effectively. Boss battles mark uh, the culmination of each area, with the difficulty of these encounters scaling based on the player's performance in the level. The scaling mechanism ensures that res remains challenging and engaging, encouraging players to improve their skills and strategies with each playthrough. Additionally, the game offers various modes unlocked through progression, including an exp- sorry, including an exploration mode without enemies, a score attack mode, and a boss rush mode providing varied gameplay experiences beyond a main campaign. The narrative of Res uh, is minimalist, conveyed through visuals and gameplay rather than dialogue or extensive text. Set in a future where cyberspace is overwhelmed by an excess of information, the game centers around the AI Eden, which falls into a state of existential doubt and retreats into a dormant state. The player, as a hacker, embarks on a journey through cyberspace to revive even facing Eden, facing both digital adversaries and philosophical questions about life and existence. This narrative approach allows players to interpret the story in their own way, adding a layer of depth and to the game's already engaging gameplay. In summary, Rez offers a unique gaming experience that seamlessly blends music, visuals, and gameplay into a cohesive whole. Its innovative use of sound is an integral part of the game's mechanics, combined with a compelling narrative and evolving gameplay sets Rez apart in the gaming landscape. As players progress through the game, they not only face challenges in the form of enemies and bosses, but also engage with a story that explores themes of consciousness and identity, making Rez a memorable and thought-provoking title. All right. While we were working our way through there, I decided to um, look into the Transfibrator a little bit, that same article that you posted. <laughs> yeah. And one quote here says, designed to be placed 
in a pocket, by your feet, under a cushion, or really anywhere that might come to mind. <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. You can kind of like, <laughs> it's a toy. You kind of do whatever you, um, but there's another quote here. It says, um, it was kind of a joke, but like, but a very serious joke, no sexual meaning <laughs> to it. So anyway, it's just kind of a, another way to like add some more feedback that <laughs> was in a, a, a cheap way. Right. So uh, it's kind of like, Hey, if you want to, if you want to use it that way, that's your business. And that's, <laughs> no, one's here, no one's here to stop you. Right. Like, which I, I think is cool. I think it's just an interesting idea. That's, right. Uh, so, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see it like, you know, finding a, a shirt pocket or something like that so that you could like kind of simulate a heartbeat with it or something. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, it would have been a wild time you know, <laughs> in, in gaming, right? Just figure out what you can do with it. Um, so I have never played this game before. Uh, it, I, I, I was talking to mash a little bit before the show that this game i i had a hard time playing it i really like watching this game i really like the music i like things about it um but like the gameplay loop got kind of frustrating to where this happened on both the first area and the second area is that i get to the final boss and i die and i have to play the whole level over again which again get through the level no sweat and but i'm saving up all my you know overdrive bombs and things like that to try and like make the boss a little easier like if i get overwhelmed at any point i could just sort of like trigger that yeah um but again it just got kind of frustrating like the second boss in particular uh has a couple attacks that would one attack that killed me like pretty much almost immediately but after my research with youtube i would have saw an oh the second part of the boss where you have to like you're flowing through a cylinder and you have to like shoot the walls oh, yeah. before you hit the wall that would have killed me too i I'm, i pretty much guarantee well, i would have been stuck on the that, second area like that section at least the way that i approached it, it it really like you're you're only supposed to hit the little yellow thing that's coming towards you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like i just when there was one put the cursor over it hold down x on my mm -hmm. playstation controller goes up to the eight as the max and then boom, then that layer is gone. And then the same yeah. thing. So like, and that's, I think that was a mechanic that I was missing is holding on one target to get multiple hits. I knew oh. you could do that with the, I felt like you could do that a little bit with the box that you shoot that makes you go to the Oh, yeah, level. you can get all eight in one go on that yeah. thing. So yeah, that, just like hold it over that. And it's like, one and like, <laughs> And I was having a little bit of trouble with that for some reason. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Because I was like moving the stick back and forth to try and, but you can, I think you can just hold it. And I think oh, yeah. that's kind of the point that I was missing uh, a little bit. The other thing is this game makes your fingers very tired too, because I'm like constantly moving the joystick around, like, you know, just to make sure I'm targeting whatever sure, I yeah, can yeah. as soon as I can. And you have to just like, you know, repeatedly like release the A button. I mapped the triggers, so it would be a little bit easier on my fingers, but it's still like fingers are tired. You know, I'm not feeling well in bed also. And then when I die, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that again. I don't know if I can do that level again and let alone do it any better than I just did. 
So I, I, I kind of spun out on this game and I, I wish it wasn't the case. I, I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> like, well, and you don't have to I, say you had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no, I like, I was definitely like enjoying what I was playing, but I just, I'm like, I don't want to, I want to keep going. I kind of yeah. wish that the game, if I, I just kind of wish the game had an invincibility mode so that I could, even though if I was getting hit, I could have just like kept going like a, a story yeah. only mode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say but no i agree yeah I, I think that would i think that would be to the benefit of the game especially for trying to like even like to just pull in people with casual interest because i feel like i feel like the appeal of the game is wider than your traditional gamer like it can appeal to everybody but i do think that the like the difficulty at different times is too much for the not serious gamers or even serious gamers. Like, like, like I'm here. I am not, I'm not trying to call you a not serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, but I just mean like in general, like it, it, yeah, I feel like it, it, it ramps a little too difficult to have like to cater to wanting to have mass appeal. Mm-hmm because and, yeah anyway i'm sorry i didn't, I didn't no you're that. good um and you know kind of going back to our question which we had at the beginning of the show it's like you know letting your imagination fill in the gaps this game i mean the first two levels i don't i don't know if i saw a texture <laughs> in those first two levels it was like almost entirely like wireframe yeah. i know later levels they start to um introduce some rudimentary textures here and there and there's yeah. walls and things but it's like playing a game with wireframe mode, you know? And, yeah. And, I mean, it, it, the graphics are like a fancy version of like Star Fox on the SNES. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if all the wires were kind of like, you know, the wireframes were transparent, um, you know, again, in that first two levels only, I, I, that's kind of what it's like, but it, it lets your imagination fill in the gaps. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about area five, but area five, like is I think the most store, like kind of the most story inducing, like there's actually yeah. some text that comes about and you know, like the, there's a, a, a section where you see all the trees fall and it's kind of like, you know, mass extinction event. Like, yeah, you, you didn't see any explosions. You just saw the trees fall. So you, your brain has to like fills in the gaps, like what happened, you know? So um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, so again, I, I think the game does an impressive amount with like limited visual representation. Yeah. Um, but in, and it embraces wireframes where most games would be like, no, hide the wireframes. <laughs> those are just, you know, we're not going to show those to the player ever. It's not finished, you know, but this game I think runs with it. Yeah. So what's, what's your experience with the game? Um, so I definitely, like I, I had heard of the game at least 10 years ago, maybe a little more. I think I heard of the game because of the Back in My Play podcast, mm. but I never actually played it until 2020 when um, I got my VR headset and had heard things about Res Infinite. And I was like, okay, this seems like like people have a lot of good things to say about it. Like, I'll check it out in VR. And I played, like, I played through the game. Then, for some reason, I feel like it might be easier in VR. Because 
I, I don't I don't think I had that difficult of a time completing the game uh when I played it in VR, mm-hmm. but I for sure did this time around. I mean like it's funny actually I think I I think very early into me playing the game, I would like I was telling you like how easy the game is. Um and that's not the case. Like I finally <laughs> got to a point where like it took me until like level four or area four to really like get stuck and have to like have to play it multiple times to beat the boss. Yeah. And then five, especially my God, like five doing like doing the boss fight there and actually being successful uh, took, I don't know, close to 10 times, I think for me. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's more difficult than I remember it being when I played it in VR. Like I don't remember being stuck. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to play in VR. I got my, um, I got my, uh, steam, steam in like the index controllers. I got those all charged up. Like I was ready to do it, but like, again, just not feeling well. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm like, okay, I got to drag my PC out the living room. Cause my partner was actually out of town at the time. So I'm like, yeah. And just the setup, I was just like, I never got to it. And um, so I, w- I want to try an MBR. I still do right now. Like, I really do want to try it. I just didn't get to it this time. Yeah, and I didn't play it in VR this time around either, just out of, like, laziness. Though I did set up my VR, and I still actually technically have it set up out in my living room right now. Nice. Um, But, yeah, I just have been obsessed with playing something else in VR, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see. Also, like the the visual aesthetic of the game, the wireframe stuff, I think it's awesome. Like, I think this game looks so cool. It feels like the depiction of like hackers being on the Internet, like from movies like in the mid to late 90s or early 2000s. You know, it's like I'm going into the computer. It's like Johnny Mnemonic or something. Yeah. Um, and it's it's even like Tron. Like I, I thought that Tron was a really fair um comparison, you know? Like I, have, it, I haven't seen Tron. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's all right. It's just like, you know, things are very wireframe and okay. you know, like simplistic. So I don't know, I feel like I still need to see Tron. And Blade Runner. I and like I like I like Cyberpunk stuff and I haven't seen either. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm falling down on the job. Anyway. <laughs> um so yeah, uh so the the visual aesthetic great in my opinion um absolutely loved it also i really did enjoy the lock on rail shooter elements of the game where it's like panzer dragoon mm-hmm. and also i do love the way like was mentioned uh, as we were like reading through you know our, our outline notes i love the like the backing track that happens with the game when you're locking onto things and like shooting at enemies. Like I love that it adds the bleeps and bloops <laughs> essentially like into the music. It feels really cool. Yeah. It's it's doing the thing where I think I've only seen in hi-fi rush where like regardless of your inputs or when you execute things, it's like the sounds and effects happen on the beat. So it feels like it's part of the song, even though like, you or the player kind of made that happen in the first place, even if it's not on time when you do it. <laughs> yeah. I, and so I just feel like as a, 
as a whole multimedia experience, res is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to echo the fact that like, I think that there should just be a, a mode where you can go through and see everything because it would be a lot more accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As opposed to like get good. <laughs> yeah. There probably would have been a mod out there. I bet I could have found something, but. I, oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah. Oh, and also, um, so if anyone does end up playing this game after listening to this, Follow the recommendation that the game gives you to either play this with headphones or surround sound. Mm-hmm. It is really nice. I like I was using my wireless PS5 headphones um, for most of the time that I was playing this game. And it's really cool. <laughs> it sounds yeah. great. I, I tried both. It does sound really well with the Steam Deck speakers, but I also, you know, paired some Bluetooth AirPods to it as well. Nice. So I could hear, but I would have... Yeah, I was like dying to like use the index and play in VR and listen to it that way. I think that would have been really awesome. Yeah, I, I did. I just didn't. <laughs> well, someday, someday. All right. Well, those those are our impressions. Um, I know we've already been talking a little bit about things, but um, I guess do do we want to jump into talking about some of the music? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be cool. All right. Let me open up the link here, which I meant to do before. But here we are. Um, Okay. So I I do want to play a little bit of music from each one of the areas in the Mm -hmm. game. Um, So starting off, uh, this track is called Buggy Running Beeps from uh, Area 1. And are, are you ready for music? Um, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's let's hear buggy running beeps. That is the Area One music from Res. 
I like. I've never been to a rave, but I kind of want to go to one now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, is is res just uh are 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 raves just playing res? Because I'd be down with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agreed. I would be. Uh, also, if yeah, the the music, I I love the layer. I mean, you you I think you rarely hear the music at full tilt on that maybe towards the end of the level or or something but it's um and and part of it is you know the things that you hit and i think that like when you do have enough enemies locked on and you get the beats going it uh there is a little bit it's just a little bit of a i don't know the dopamine hit you know when you hear the enough beats chained together it's just kind of like that's what makes you want to keep going you know well, and like one thing that I appreciate about the, I guess the audio elements of the game, especially when you are interacting with the music of the game is when you are leveling up, you know, from your level zero, one, two, three, four, I think maybe you get level four is maybe the the top of what you get, um, like for your character. Mm-hmm. Each time you level up the sounds that are made are different. So the way that you interact with the music is different depending on how leveled up you are. So I really liked from like the highest level and the, and the one right below that, maybe there's four levels above zero, maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. I really like some of those other sounds, but then also the, the the visual styling of like whatever the projectiles are that you're firing off at the enemies they also change like not i don't think it's drastically in the first few levels but like the last two or three like forms that you're able to like take on from upgrading they they like fly out differently like in more like instead of it being like an arc it's like way more linear or or looks like like a square wave or something or not square, but like, anyway, I don't know. It's like really, I don't know. Cool. The way that visually and audio wise, like it changes the interaction with the game. Okay. Um, and when you pulled up the, when you talked about the forms, I decided to pull up the, you know, the, the different avatar forms, they have the zero form, which is just like, you know, uh, an orb, you know, kind of with made up of triangles. Uh, the first form you're like vaguely humanoid, but you're like only made of like horizontal floating plates kind of very rudimentary. Uh, the second form you look more humanoid, but there's like patches of texture, you know, on you. The third form, you're a fully textured humanoid. And then the fourth form, you turn into an orb sort of again, but you're sort of like, yeah, it's uh, like you have, it's like you're pulsing to the music. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally there's a fifth form. So there's five forms of zero. Okay. And it's like, so I only saw this one on YouTube, like with the the player I was watching. It's like, you're like Zenyatta. Well, you have a pulsing form, but you're like, there's like a fetus that's in the middle. You, I mean, it. it, it to me, it's like you're sitting and floating kind of oh, like Zenyatta does yeah. in Overwatch. But then, yeah, you've got this like orb around you. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. There's well. Yeah. So you're yeah. You're like Zenyatta. You're you're sort of floating in the in the cross leg. But there's there's like one above that where you you there's just this little fetus that's like spinning around in it, which again I only saw at the end of the game. So I don't know if that was something specific to the fifth area <laughs> above above that. Maybe. Um, so anyway, the the forms are incredibly unclear, and again, it seems like deliberately obfuscated so your brain could fill in the gaps or you know, kind of understand what's going on, I guess. Um, so yeah, I didn't know that about the forms and the music changing, but I, I know that I enjoyed watching someone who was good at the game because the game was sounding really good. Yeah. So, and especially getting like all eight hits or all six hits on the, yeah, you you get, you get an additional like sound, like you get an additional audio cue when you've done your max lock of eight Mm -hmm. and then let it go so it's like that's also how you can try to like interact with the music is try to like time selecting eight things oops as i hit my mic (laughs) eight things all at once and then like letting that go um yeah it's it's uh it's very satisfying in that way yeah agreed you got some more music for us Yeah, uh, let's play some music here from Area 2, and this is called Protocol Rain. just a taste protocol rain from area two and res 
because uh, that song is over seven minutes long, and we made it about sure. two minutes. So yeah, yeah, just a taste. <laughs> just so everyone is aware, there's plenty more song that I think goes somewhere more interesting than uh, where it has gone so far. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. That one wasn't as immediately satisfying to me as uh, the first song. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no worries. Um, we got we got more uh, coming, so maybe we'll hear hear some other ones as well that that go some places. Yeah, um, but uh, I guess before we get into some more music, maybe let's look at the uh, some some of the the viruses, which mm-hmm. are the enemies uh, in the game. At least, if there's any that looked particularly interesting or anything um, that stood out to you. Um, you know, not, not really, uh, not as, not especially on the enemies. I mean, there were some cool ones like in area two, they had like these, they looked like aircraft carriers that came in. Yeah. I I don't know what they were, uh, what they were called. Yeah. I don't Um, know what they're called either. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, exactly. They don't really have a name, but you kind of have to like shoot the shielding off. And it reminded me of like a star Fox enemy, you know, like, uh, from one of the levels, like, um, I think it's one of the third maps on one of the routes, you, you sort of, um, have these carriers that come out and you, you shoot them. So that was pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of the enemies in this game though, I will say just kind of feel pretty generic. Like there's, they, they have blinking spots that you need to shoot, you know, Yeah. and you take care of them. So they're really kind of difficult to describe. Um, I really liked the bosses i don't know if they are called the virus are they the viruses or or um are they the there's i know the final boss is called the firewall (laughs) so uh i don't know what really to call the bosses other than um you know they a few of them have their own names like yeah the first one is earth and i'm pretty sure the second one is mars even though it's not listed here Oh, this this wiki actually is very sparse. Yeah, yeah. There's not <laughs> I a didn't lot of realize. Like, I was like, here. "Oh, good. Here's the category. Let me link to that category." And I'm like, "Oh, when I like click into all the different areas, there's like part of a sentence describing it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pictures. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, file yeah. placeholder. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, th- this is another time where it's like, maybe I should be a good person and fill out some of this wiki. And I'm like, mm, I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. And there there's a there's a lot of um there there I, I like kind of the creativity with the with the bosses. Like I said, there's like kind of um the first one's labeled Earth and then the second one's Mars, but the Mar like they don't all look like planets, you know, like yeah. Earth happens to be a sphere. Um, but like in um in the second area uh, mars is kind of like starts out as a big sort of like satellite dish but like yeah <laughs> and kind of jellyfish like and does different things like surround you and put you into a, a chamber that you have to shoot those walls through um to survive which is which is sort of interesting um and then there was Uranus, which is the, the the firewall. That's the final boss. But I've, I I think I'm missing the 
um, yeah, the Area Three boss. The Area Three boss, I think, was the one that you're in a giant chamber. I know, yeah, and I think and it you're... like runs around in a circle, and it like looks kind of humanoid in a way. Is that the Area Four boss? Well, Area Four, I think, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, you do fight a humanoid kind of looking boss. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wait, sorry, Area Three. That is the last form of the boss where it looks like a humanoid that's running around this like oh, okay. this like cylindrical chamber that you're in, uh, like running along the wall yeah. and then ultimately goes to the top and then like falls down on top of you. There's a very similar actual like there's a very similar fight in area four mm-hmm. where it's in front of you and then behind you and then yes. it's ultimately yeah. above you. That's what Man, I was, I was stuck on that one for a few times for sure. Like a few, a few fights it took me to finally get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reminds me of, uh, on Venom and from Star Fox 64, yeah. when they're chasing the golem. Yeah, the, exactly. The, you know, it's an optional fight, I think, but, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's very much like that. And, uh, yeah, that one, that one was tough, but I, I know that I really enjoyed the music during it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This is so confusing." I love this music, but I hate this boss fight. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty impressed by the Area Three fight because they put you in sort of like for like it seems like the first time in the game you're not just like going forward through a structure, but you're kind of doing this weird like three dimensional figure eight pattern pattern. Yeah, around this big pillar, this big structure that's in the middle that you're kind of like shooting at and you'll do as many passes as you need to sort of like hit all the flashing squares. Oh yeah. Or, and that's when it sends like little red kind of looking rocket ship things around yeah. that you have to also be taking out and destroying. Otherwise they're going to run into you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, the way that this game does boss encounters, it's like, here's a bunch of random crap that's coming at you. Don't let it hit you. And it like it it's it could be overwhelming how much is coming at you. It's like, but you've also you also have to damage the boss. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's like, and if you don't and you're just defending yourself, the boss will keep attacking you forever. So you have to find your own balance and it can be can be difficult and kind of frustrating at times when you're trying to figure out what that balance actually is. I think I just got lucky with the first few bosses where like finding the balance clicked for me, but mm-hmm. it did not click for me with four until I had, a, you know, at least a, f- a few encounters, but five, like I said, like probably at least 10 encounters um, and five is a long level. It is 30 minutes plus. Yeah. And I've made it to like the very, very end and oh. died so many times so yeah. like the majority of my time spent playing this game is in area five it's a good thing it's got really good music yeah and that would be really disheartening for me personally because i don't like replaying content you know like to be kicked yeah you know, 30 minutes of progress every time just yeah because no i get the trial and error my way through <laughs> i also i also don't like that in a lot of cases but for certain i think for certain things i'm just like well it's at least I'm able to start from the beginning of the level and not the beginning of the game. Cause like, I guess my brain looks at this game like it's an arcade game. So being able to start from 
the level that I died on is infinitely better than having to start from the very beginning of the game, which I started playing this actually like I had played through the game already, but I started playing through it again last night because I was like, I wonder if it's actually easier to play start to finish, because I noticed if you play level to level to level, you keep whatever progression that you've had. I did notice that too. And the playthrough, I was like, Oh, I don't feel like that happened to me. <laughs> you know, like when I, if I played one level and then shut the game down and came back. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So like I do f- feel like to a certain extent it was easier because I made it up to like halfway through level four, but then I was getting demolished. Like, like I wasn't used to. It's because apparently like what we read about, I was do like, I felt like I was doing so well. I was just like breezing through everything until I hit level four. And I was fully like, I was, I was in like the, the, whatever the, f- the fifth form or yeah. whatever we, the upgrade the legs crossed. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was that I had like, and, and when you fully are, I guess, evolved, I'll, I'll say it, I'll just refer to it that way. When you're fully evolved, you don't even have those little squares that show you like how mm. many things like to go to upgrade to the next level. Like that yeah. whole, that whole like section of squares is just gone. So it's like, okay, I know I am fully leveled up. I also had all four of the overdrives filled out. I was like, this is going to be a breeze. I'm going to get to level five. I'm just going to keep like tearing it up. Like, I don't know if it actually like if your attacks are any stronger when you level up or not. I felt like they were, Mm -hmm. uh, but that could also that could just be like, I don't know, my brain filling that in. Yeah. Thinking like because I'm doing so good now. But yeah. yeah. So then the game, I think, dynamically scaled its difficulty uh-oh. And just put me in my place. And I was like, I haven't done this poorly on this back section of level four in quite some time. Huh. So I was like, well, this sucks. Like it took me back down to like level one by the time I finished. I mean, like level one as a, like evolution one, whatever yeah. um, form one instead of form zero. But it took me all the way back down by the time I beat the boss and i was like well now it's like it's no different now that i'm starting level five so i was actually just playing as we like like right before we were about to start recording and like i've made it to level five fully evolved again like totally maxed out but then i started taking damage a lot sooner than i normally do in the boss fight so um yeah i don't know i don't know i i haven't I haven't like, even though I was able to get through it one time, it still isn't easy for me to finish the game, like playing Res Infinite on PS5. So, yeah, this, like this I put game's... a bunch of time into this, and I really thought it was easier than it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's the game has mysteries, right? It seems like it's still yeah. got secrets that we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> well. Uh, now that I just ran through and said a bunch of stuff about all that, why don't we listen to the music from Area 3, mm-hmm. which is called Creation, the State of Art. Mm-hmm. 
That is Creation, the state of art, or at least a little taste of it from the Res soundtrack. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, some of those like kind of those loops that they got going on there, they just do something for me. I just yeah. really like it. You know? Like it's funny when uh this song was playing, I also started to like see flashes of that like techno viking video in my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, techno viking's amazing. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes when I'm walking down the street and I've got the right beat going on, I feel like the techno Viking, you know, <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. <laughs> yes. Look up the techno Viking. It's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, all right. So yeah, actually I, I really enjoy that track. Um, and, uh, should we go on and move right into the area four song? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, this is rock is sponge. From Area 4 of Res. There is a taste of Rock is Sponge from Area 4 in the Res soundtrack. That's a cool track. I just, I love it like kind of, there's a sound in there that reminds me of like a big mechanical machine, like a big squeaky, like, you know. So, it, the, sorry. It, it's, it just sounds cyclical the way that it, uh, anyway, but what were you saying? Yeah, uh, this song, I... <laughs> I was imagining the uh, like YouTube video, um, I am the pusher robot. Oh, I don't know if I know that. And one. like, do you have stairs in your house? <laughs> <laughs> I am here to protect you from the, the terrible secret of space. <laughs> I am the shover robot. <laughs> anyway. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the terrible secret of space. 
another oh. old uh, YouTube meme video. Actually, it might have even been pre-YouTube. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, it's you know, oh the 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 old timey internet memes, <laughs> right? That uh, that that this forty year old knows about. <laughs> So this area four, um, it kind of feels like the stakes have been upped in this level somehow because it, um, it's it's like the last level you need to unlock the the, the fifth area. I think there's kind of like this um, room that you're in at the end of the level, and it shows there's like four pillars that you have to like oh, yeah. access to like proceed. Um, so in this level, I don't know. I, I think I noticed there was like this screen effect on the border that was almost like. Um, I don't know. It just made this area feel kind of like something dire was happening. Like it was kind of the other three areas kind of just felt a little more calm and, and cool where this one just kind of like cranked it up a little bit. And I feel like you hear that in the music is why I bring that up. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think it's a good fit for level four, but I just was, I don't know if you noticed that also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. The d- despite not everything being perfect about this game, um I think it does really cool stuff. Yeah, it sure does. Like last um when we were doing the outline cuz we usually, you know, copy the outline from the previous uh show, you know, and then just kind of like change things a little bit so it allows us to sort of progress as yeah. we go. Um, I almost left in the thing where I said, this game does some yeah. things, man. Like, <laughs> cause it does. Yeah. Like do from the, things. yeah. The last episode. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, um, what things exactly, but yeah. <laughs> good, bad or indifferent. This game does some things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and okay. I wanted to ask you about VR a little yeah. bit. Do you, what do you, do you recall as the differences from when you did play this in VR? Do you, do you actually like aim with the wands or are you still using the sticks on the controllers to aim? I honestly don't remember. Okay. I yeah, don't I, remember I thought, if I used a controller or if I used my, um, my knuckles controllers, but I do okay. remember like it was easier to freely like look around to see, yeah where enemies were coming from, where power-ups were, because in in some cases, you'll you'll get, like, you'll destroy an enemy that's practically off-screen, and then you'll see that power-up also practically off-screen, and you yeah. can't get your cursor on it fast enough to collect it, and then it's just gone. So there, there were a number of times that that happened to me when I'm like, crap, I really could have used that so that I could, like, evolve further, uh, to have more hits, to get hit more times before it's game over and you have to start the level over. Yeah, okay. I, I got that feeling too, because sometimes the game seems to kind of a lot, like it forces your view to the left. or even Yeah, it you. does. Yeah, it will forcibly change your perspective when there's a different location that enemies are going to be coming from. It doesn't like, it still will give you a pretty wide view. Like say if you're just looking forward, mm-hmm. you still will have to turn more left or right to get the best, I guess, view of attack or yeah, yeah. perspective sometimes, but yeah, it will when it's going to be a wildly different place that they're coming from, or they're going to be coming from that direction for a while it does forcibly change your perspective so that you are looking off to the right or the left or behind you even. 
Yeah. And because you can move that perspective a little bit within, there's a little wiggle room around there. Yeah. It it definitely feels like there are things happening all around you all the time. It's just that you're focused on certain areas. At yeah. I, I guess, I guess I will say one thing that is probably easier though. I don't remember this specifically, but like thinking about playing other things in VR recently compared to flat screen game experiences is one thing that is probably easier in res infinite in vr is seeing all of the periphery of the random crap that flies at you during boss fights because there there were times that i feel like unexpected to me i took damage because there was something coming off of the screen from a place that i didn't even know there was an enemy yeah and that like so it, it really does kind of force you to keep your head on a swivel, so to speak, but it's harder to when you're playing it just on a TV, as opposed to in VR, you can see that in your actual peripheral vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is it is a lot easier to see what's coming at you. So that honestly, that right there is probably the way that like is probably what makes the game that much easier to get through in VR. Cause again, I don't remember having a struggle getting through yeah. the game in VR. Whereas it's absolutely like there was some struggle going on here. Yeah. Darn more. Yeah. I feel the regret swelling inside me that I didn't play it that <laughs> way. So it would have been probably a pretty cool experience, but um, again, well, it's not too late. Yeah. Can still, can still try it out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, should we do level or, or area five music? Cool. We'll see. Uh, all right. So this is Fear from Area Five of the Res soundtrack. <laughs>
there is fear from area five in res infinite well and res <laughs> i was gonna say uh before we start I, and i forgot that when i was watching this um portion earlier on youtube like this is my favorite song yes great a hundred percent like the, yeah. like so that was at least the good thing about being stuck repeating playing level five is that at least it's with my favorite song in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that was that was cool. I really enjoyed um, listening to that. And, you know, just the area five, like it kind of tells the story, like you're kind of going through the oceans and it's talking about life, like life yeah. was born from the oceans and then went to the, the land and the sky. And yeah, anyway, it's some cool stuff going on in that level which i think if i don't know if i if i were to make a res 2 <laughs> i would make more of the levels more like that um just like kind of telling stories even if they didn't all fit together they could be totally random oh yeah that'd be actually kind of cool life on other planets or you know how like you know uh, this is somewhat related but uh tetris effect you know like you go to some random places you know like yeah it's it's there's almost a story there almost but <laughs> it just that, takes you places that reminds me like for uh, so i don't know if my brain artificially created this link but i i could have sworn there was a link between res and tetris effect oh i, I bet there's a res level that would be cool well i mean i just i feel like like I thought that the like oh, the I thought the that the creator. person like the main creator of this game oh. I thought that they also worked on um, Tetris Effect, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay, okay. It yeah. really feels like at least if they're not, then there was some inspiration taken yeah. from Res into Tetris Effect. Okay. Yeah. I, I agreed. Yeah. I thought that there was a connection also. Um, but I, cause I think I said that to you. Yes. But yeah. I didn't actually go fact check myself. Uh huh. Okay. So though there, there was a prequel that came out after res, I think just called Eden uh -huh. um, or something with Eden in the title. Uh, that that is interactive on the PS3 and Xbox 360. So on the PS3, it's interactive using move controllers, Ooh. or you use the Connect on the 360. Oh, okay. Uh, for the Eden game, so it was like a PSN and Xbox Live game, but it never had a physical. Wait, did it have a physical release? Maybe it did. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't I know. I'm surprised. I guess so. Um, that's that's really cool. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. I really, I would love to cover in a connect game for the show, but it's, it's kind of tricky to get that going. I, I personally lack the adapter on Xbox one for the connect that I have. Oh, um, so well, I, I have a, I have a connect for the 360 oh, okay. that I've never yeah. used. Well, I just my, got it for free once and I was like, sure, I'll take that. <laughs> the, yeah, the, I guess the, um, I don't even know if this will work, but the, the reason that I want to connect is so that I could, or basically I want this adapter so that I could play 360 games um, on the Xbox one using connect, but I don't know if that actually even works. So <laughs> I just realized now that um, I thought I had that figured out. Uh, anything else? Should we talk about the boss music? Uh, so yeah, let, let's, uh, let's take a listen to uh, the, boss music called boss attacks 
the Eden slash last boss uh, here in Res. taste of the boss attacks track uh from the res soundtrack i really like the bongos that was going on there. yeah <laughs> yeah it's also a really good track what's funny is like i don't remember the music very well because mm-hmm. of just being so like uh like well focused? just from mm-hmm. yeah from being focused and struggling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, you're not allowing any other input to go yeah. in. You're just kind of like... <laughs> it's like, I'm just paying attention to the visual input that I'm getting right now to try to not die. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... So yeah, so that that's that's all the music. That's all the, the background, the levels. Um, though I guess I got to say the, the actual boss fight itself looks really cool and it has different mm-hmm. stages where you are essentially like freeing Eden, the EI or EI, the AI. Yeah. The <laughs> um, Eden the, uh, intelligence. Yes, the Eden <laughs> intelligence. Um, you know, you're, you're freeing them essentially. Cause mm-hmm. I guess what they've, uh, the story is saying they've put themselves back into yeah. like whatever. I don't know. But, it, I guess similar to your own like character avatar um, evolution, you you free different parts of Eden. You get a tiny little. I mean, it's I guess I guess it's a cutscene, um, mm-hmm. and you just see more and more of this artificial intelligence like coming to life. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and there's like new enemy types that make me think of the destiny logo, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> um, 
I was just gonna say, uh, eating kind of reminds me of Cortana, you know, in a way, like you're, yeah, sort of like a female figure, you yeah. know, AI, exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's I don't know, it's it's a really cool aesthetic. It's it's like actually what you were talking about with, um, the Area Three boss, where mm-hmm. you're just in a place. Mm-hmm. And you're not moving forward like you're like you're you're constantly moving around in a circle around mm-hmm. the main. I don't know, almost GLaDOS looking setup that's in the middle of this yeah. level and just kind of circling around trying to do damage to the things that are protecting where Eden comes out and like where the things that you have to attack to let i guess more of eden out <laughs> yeah there's like these discs that are like circling around you got to shoot them yeah um, and i don't remember if this is area five or part of the boss but you you kind of have like a sort of like greatest hits or like kind of boss rush where you kind of like attack some enemies that resemble the bosses or they're smaller versions of themselves or from a different perspective do you recall that um because I remember there is one portion where there's that enemy running around on the walls that like, and then falls from the ceiling um, through there. Again, I can't remember if that's area five or the, the final boss. So um, um, it must be somewhere in area five. Cause I don't remember that in the final boss itself. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It must've been just before or something. Cause they kind of like the area five and the boss, they kind of seamlessly transition. There's not like a menu you have to select. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it mm. just, it just goes right into it. But after like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to, to chat about with res. Um, any other thoughts from you? Um, it's really cool. It's it's like the <laughs> coolest game that I can't seem to play for some reason. You know, like I really I really want to. It's like I'm looking I'm on the outside looking in the window. I'm like, God, that looks really cool in there. I wish I could go inside and yeah. enjoy it. Um, but it just something something just didn't click. And, you know, it's it's kind of like I have the same philosophy with games as I do with books. You know, if I'm not if it's not driving with me don't don't force it you know like yeah it's so and that's the that's kind of the thing that i was feeling and it again it probably has something to do with my health and my state of mind at the at the time where i I just couldn't grasp all the concepts um that and that's not a problem there have been a lot of games that i've gone back to and enjoyed but like my first crack at them was just like "Mm, not now like (laughs) i can see why this is cool but not right now yeah yeah, so I feel bad for the sake of this experience, um, you know, not being able to talk about it. But, uh, you know, again, not too bad because it's... No, I, not at I, all. I gave it a shot, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and also, um, like, part of the reason I wanted to pick this game is not because it's, like, the the darling of everyone and everyone knows about it and everyone thinks the world of it. It's, like, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, there's probably a good amount of people that still don't know anything about this game. And yeah. like there maybe it will cause some people to check out the game, whether they, whether they actually play it or they watch a YouTube playthrough or something. I feel like this game is worth knowing about and worth yep. experiencing in some way, whether you play it or not, like whether you listen to the soundtrack 
or like I mentioned, like watch a YouTube playthrough, whatever it is. I feel like they that people should at least see a little bit more of this game uh, because it is so unique and so I don't know different from yeah. a lot of games out there. Yeah, and, and I think this is kind of like in the height of, um, you know, when you saw a lot of experimentation, like the Dreamcast as a platform, there's just interesting stuff there that, you know, sort of like blur, blur the lines and like what's a game and, you know, our games art, like Seaman on the yeah. Dreamcast or something, you know, just unusual stuff. And, and the PlayStation one and playstation 2 was rife with this stuff so it's it yeah a cool time, time in gaming yeah i do think that this game uh fits on the ps2 as a platform because of the different music rhythm games and like and you know the legacy of parappa as well yeah. being on the playstation so um yeah, it actually just reminds me of like what Amplitude. I haven't played it. I haven't Dude. like I have not played that, but like I know that it was made by Harmonix. Yeah. And it's on the PS2, so it feels like something I should play sometime. Dude, I swear to God, I was gonna bring I was about to talk about amplitude and yeah. frequency specifically, because I remember I was at a um I was in an IndyCar race around that time in the early two thousands, and there the these playstation buses would just roll up to these events and they would just be hanging out and you can go inside and they had playstation 2s everywhere and it's like the first game i ever played on playstation 2 was i believe it was frequency oh, okay. is the game and it which is the the predecessor to amplitude and um it's uh it was it was weird it was unlike anything i'd ever played before but i was like it i didn't know what it even was or how to play it but i was like this just looks impressive though <laughs> you know man I, i'll have to check it out yeah it's it's uh it's interesting so we'll for a future episode definitely let's do that cool sounds awesome <laughs> um all right well anything else about res before we go back and talk about what we've been playing that's all i got okay well let us head back into the future and get in that time machine And we have arrived back to present day, which is the past for you, listener. It is February the 25th, 2024. And uh, yeah, I was going to give a little recap on Res, but we just we just talked about it. So never mind. Um, so now we talk about the stuff we've been playing and to nobody's surprise, because I've talked about almost all of these things so far. Uh, I've been playing some Beat Saber. Mm -hmm. Um I, I set it up so that, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, so that friends that are not familiar with VR could try it out. They had a blast. Right after they left, I decided to look into like custom songs because I had already purchased everything that I really wanted from Beat Saber, mm -hmm. um, including the new Rolling Stones pack that released like not super long ago. Cool. Um, but like I've always seen people on the internet talk about custom custom tracks custom maps whatever in beat saber and like with some of my experience with custom things like with uh clone hero and custom songs that people have made that haven't been that good <laughs> i didn't necessarily think that many of the custom maps in beat saber would be that good turns out i was wrong 
Some people have made some really, really good custom maps and Beat Saber for songs that I really enjoy. And also different memes, like different meme songs, like Dragostadinte from Ozone, the Maya He, Maya Who. That sounds epic. Oh my God, it was so much fun. And Yatta. Um, Okay. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can download. And Beat Saber supports mods. Um, I saw that you have Beat Saber on your wish list. Have you ever played Beat Saber? No, no, I haven't. What? I, and the reason why it's on my wish list is I was waiting for a sale, but that's one of those oh, no, it's never that does go not, on sale. it doesn't go on sale. That's it's it's worth full pop. It's absolutely sure. worth it. I'm sure. I just don't play a lot of VR, but I put I got it bookmarked there. <laughs> well, this is, in my opinion, well worth setting up VR for and bringing mm-hmm. it out and either playing alone, sharing it with friends, whatever. Um, but man, I have I have gotten real sweaty in the past mm. week playing Beat Saber, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, like, I haven't had my PC in my office for the whole week. I have just left my computer out in the living room connected to my TV so that it's that much easier to pull out my headset and just play. So I've been doing that after work um, a few nights this past week. And yeah, just, it's been a really fun way to get my heart rate up, um, get some sweat going, just trying to be a little bit active with my VR stuff. Um, so yeah. And like, um, it's not in the list, but I did play like 30 minutes of half-life Alex just to kind of give a showcase to, uh, one of my friends. It was like that I was just, you know, showing off VR to and I was like, hey, since you don't like since you're tired out from Beat Saber, why don't I show you what Half-Life Alex looks like? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I've been playing a decent amount of Helldivers, too. Um, at least now that these server issues seem to be resolved. Um, man, it's fun. It's so much yeah. fun. It's such a great I game. I want to um, play that so bad, but I'm just like waiting for a time that you and I are both available and I'll play it. <laughs> yeah well i you know i've been playing it on ps5 it's also on the pc um i've got other friends that are playing it on pc but i haven't played it all with them because i feel like they might be too way too serious about the game mm-hmm. <laughs> and like be like let's play on Helldiver difficulty mm-hmm. um where i'm just like you know maybe hard or maybe a step above hard is like good for now yeah um but yeah i don't know anyway a lot of fun um, been unlocking new stratagems, been, uh, playing with a bunch of random people and actually having a really great time. I was like laughing so hard last night. I was almost crying because like we had just got to the end of this really long mission and a bunch of automatons were coming in and killing us. I had a, I had a mortar sentry set up. Mortar sentries are really dangerous. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> there were automatons a little bit too close to my teammates. So it was firing mortars and killed my, so killed my teammates. I threw in like to resurrect them, like to, to get some reinforcements. Great. We're, we're there. Like there's all four of us. And then our drop ship is coming down. I decide where I see a bunch of enemies I'm going to throw my Eagle strike in where there's going to be like this airstrike from these jets. Uh-huh. One of my teammates starts running in the direction as I'm throwing where the <laughs> airstrike is going to be. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> and I killed him. Oh, um, and, but like, he got killed right as I was going into the back of the carrier to like leave, to mm-hmm. extract. And once one person goes in there, I think you have like 10 or 15 seconds for everyone to get in or it's gone. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was trying to like res the other person and trying to not die. <laughs> I ended up flying away as the only person. They were all so mad at me and then they <laughs> kicked me from the group. And I was I like, I wasn't even mad about getting kicked. I was laughing so hard at like the comedy of errors of what just happened. I felt yeah. bad. Like I did yeah, genuinely yeah. feel bad, sure. but just like, the way that everything unfolded, it just it just tickled me. <laughs> it was just so funny to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just caused this. And then I'm the only one to extract. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I bet they thought I did it intentionally when I absolutely did not. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens in games, though, too. Where you're like, you look, you're trying to do something. But it's like you're I actually... was trying to help and then I accidentally made yeah. it worse. Yeah. Well, you you play and you learn, right? <laughs> yeah, they they all were definitely talking some crap to me um when I was the only one to extract right before they kicked me. So, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the the thing with Helldivers too is you can't take being team killed seriously unless it's like unless it's incredibly deliberate and keeps happening. Yeah, yeah um, sure. which I've only experienced that once in playing so far. But most okay. of the time, like most of the time I've been killed accidentally by people. And I'm like, whatever, it's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, So when I couldn't play Helldivers 2 because of server issues, I downloaded and started playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yes. And I, I'm, I've made it maybe 40 or so minutes into the game. Okay. I already like it better than the 2016 like remaster of Ratchet and Clank that came out on yeah. PS4. Oh god, that game. Like <laughs> the game in uh, that game is just is is trash compared to Rift Apart. So, I'm um I'm glad you're enjoying it. I hope you keep playing it um because as I was playing, I I'd never wanted really to put it down. Like not that I didn't take breaks like i absolutely yeah. did but i was just like always like motivated like no i want to keep going because yeah is, i'm having fun the main the main problem is now that helldivers 2 is stable it yeah. might cause me to not go back to it for a while yeah yeah that's all, um, that's all good but yeah. yeah it's it's a beautiful looking game it's been fun it's been funny mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's all i really have to say about it now and then also the game that i first started playing when held when I first bought Helldivers two and then couldn't play it, um, as part of the PlayStation Plus extra game catalog thing, um, so I downloaded Ratchet and Clank as part of that, and then also Returnal, mm-hmm. which I started playing that before Helldivers two. I'm sorry, uh, before um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, mm-hmm. and I think that the gameplay itself, like the 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 gunplay, the melee. The like jump and dash mechanics. I think the mechanics of the game are sound and they are fun. Mm-hmm. I don't like that it's a roguelike. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, I'm I'm really glad 
that I didn't buy this game because I don't really have any intention of finishing the game. Um, I have, I haven't even finished the, or I haven't even beat the first boss of the game. I've made it to the boss a number of times. I've gotten really, really close to beating the boss. Um, I feel like what it does as a roguelite to keep you engaged in the gameplay loop. I think that those things are interesting, but I just was reminded of the fact that I don't like roguelikes Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. I was playing the game. So I was like, dang. This is a bummer that the foundation of how this game is supposed to be played is something that I don't generally enjoy because I like everything else about the game. If this was a linear story game and it had all of the gameplay elements and felt the same, man, I'd be burning my way through this game and I would love it. <laughs> yeah, I really... I like the look of the game. I like the, the enemies kind of remind me of something that you would see in like the doom remake, you know, like I, I really like what's going on with the game, like how it looks. I like the, the setting. Yeah. Um, but I am afraid to try it myself because I'm afraid that I'm not going to like the roguelike mechanics of the game. So, I mean, I'm definitely glad that I have played it as much as I have it. Cause I've played it for a few hours at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm I'm glad I got to see what it has to offer. I'm glad I got to experience what I feel like it does really well. And mm -hmm. like as a roguelike, it seems like it would be really awesome, like for people that enjoy that genre. But the genre is what's working against it for me. But yeah, but yeah, it's really pretty looking. Um, I yeah, I I think it's super interesting and worth checking out. But Definitely, if you're not a fan of, of roguelikes, maybe this would be the one that you would like. But in my case, it wasn't. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then also, uh, one evening, played Fibbage 4 from Jackbox Party Pack 9. Um, when we had friends over after dinner uh, to, to celebrate my day of birth. Um, and then, yeah, the Sandbox VR thing I already talked about at the beginning of the show. So, yeah, that's all the stuff that I've been playing in the past two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, I, I played a couple more things. Um, again, when I was uh, trying to get through res on the Steam Deck laying in bed sick, I was like, okay, um, I'm going to try a couple other things that I've been meaning to try on the Steam Deck. And the first one, it's not on the list, but was Terraria. Because oh, I've yeah. heard a lot of good things about Terraria. The thing that bothers me is that a lot of it, what makes it not work well on the Steam Deck, at least in a handheld form, is that it really feels like you kind of need a mouse to get the aiming really well on the game because oh, yeah. every hit that you you have you have a cursor that is yeah. on screen and it has to be on the thing that you want to hit and we're talking about moving objects like bats and slimes that are moving around yeah. trying to map that to a right joystick or a touchpad and try and play that way is like I'm like I can already tell I'm like I don't want to do this I don't want to learn how to do this I think it might be doable but I'm just like, I'm frustrated. Like I'm still trying to learn the mechanics and I keep having these slimes keep spawning and attacking me like day and night. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, so if I have a mouse and keyboard set up, I would love to try that game again and, and actually learn how to play. Cause I've heard people get very addicted to it and it seems like a game I yeah. might like. I've heard um, the same thing and I bounced off the game real quick. Yeah, I think I even played it on PC and was like, Oh, not for me. 
Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like it, it reminds me a lot of Stardew Valley, but it's kind of more of a Minecraft type of game. You know, yeah. a two D Minecraft kind of game. So, um, so I tried another one, which I played for probably a solid all hour, which was uh, Apotheon, um, which is a game that I've wanted to, you know, I've owned for years. Now, yeah, I think played. I think that I own that via PS Plus. Okay, it's if I'm cool... thinking of the right game. It's a little, it's a cool little game because it kind of reminds me like the combat, the 2D combat reminds me of something like Nidhogg, you know, because you're, you're kind of like shielding and you've got different like bows and arrows. You can shoot him and also like swords and, and pitchforks that you attack with. Um, it does kind of feel a little bit like um, a Metroidvania uh, in a way because like if you play guacamole it's kind of like that uh you're kind of moving around different like cities you know doing different things it's got a really cool look to it which kind of the story kind of like reminds me of god of war uh, there there are cool things here the the uh, the combat doesn't seem difficult unless you let a bunch of the enemies gang up on you like if you're trying to skip enemies they will chase you and once there's a lot of them, the game can feel impossible. But one-on-one, I think it feels very fair and, and pretty satisfying. Um, so, yeah, cool, like, ancient, you know, you know, Greek-Roman kind of uh, art style to it. Um, so it's it's kind of brutal and bloody. But, um, it, yeah, it, it feels good. I would like to play more of it, probably. It's, it's probably not what I'm feeling right now, though. Again, yeah. trying different things. Um, and then yesterday I had a little free time in between doing some cleaning because God, I needed to do some cleaning, like clean my room and stuff because being, you know, sick for this last little while in the new job, I just really haven't felt like I had time. So um, I, I took a little break and I played with uh, my, my friend, Tony, the creator on um, Sons of the Forest, which is the sequel of The Forest. And it's a survival crafting game um, mm-hmm. with a much more, intricate building mechanics i guess than the first one um it seems like you're on the same island as the first game but there's just a lot more mechanics uh like there's there's another you have an npc that's with you i forgot what his name is but i guess he lost his his hearing um due to the events of the the beginning of the game and he can just do things for you so when you want to talk to him you pull up like a little notepad and you have a bunch of options you can select. So you can say like collect resources or something like that and you'll show it to him and he'll kind of nod and he'll go off and do his thing. So there's a lot more systems in place that I think are really cool that make this a really natural evolution from the game, but doesn't depart from the original too much. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, new enemies to attack, new you know, I presume there's, there's, yeah, I think I saw some cannibals and some, you know, disfigured weird humans. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, aren't, aren't there like crazy naked people that y- chase you? Yeah, exactly. I saw a lady, she had three legs and three arms, which is kind of interesting. She was okay. walking around, was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, anyway, so I, I look forward to playing more of that when I have time, but it was kind of fun to play another one of those and, you know, look at building resources and it's it's very much survival you know like you've got a thirst meter and a food meter so you got to hunt in between doing your spelunking missions as we call them like into the caves and finding things and and sometimes keys to unlock progress you know later in the game and and items 
Um, I know the first game kind of had some Metroidvania stuff, like you had to find like an air tank or a, uh, like a rebreather so that you could go underwater into certain caverns and stuff that were, you know, you wouldn't normally have enough breath hold to do. So okay. um, climbing gear, stuff like that. So that I assume that this game's going to have more of that. And it's, uh, it's neat. Nice. Um, having fun with that. A worthy successor, I think, so far. I guess I guess it finally released in 1.0, I think, as of a couple of days ago. It was in early access for probably the last year, something like that. Yeah. Can't you play the game in VR also? Um, I don't doubt it, the way that it's played. Uh, it, it, like, it was weird because like the mouse sensitivity was like way, way too high when I first... I was like, so just playing the controls a little bit i'm not surprised that you if you could play it in vr so <laughs> yeah I, I think i saw something about it supporting it yeah or maybe yeah. the first game did yeah definitely definitely doesn't surprise me so that would be kind of interesting um to fire up the, another reason to for have the vr the the um it does sort of the peer-to-peer hosting thing so um i think you can continue a save that you start playing with another host so um, it like takes a snapshot every time you save on your own machine that you can load up, I think. Okay. And you can sort of pass host duties back and forth that way. But I, I don't know. I don't know how it would be nice to have a dedicated server so that we yeah. could log in in our free time and can, you know, contribute to building things and all that. So it, there might be, I just need to look into it more. So and that's, that's all I've been playing. Not a, not a whole tremendous lot but it's definitely up from last last show for sure yes because <laughs> last show wasn't it just being a human life os yeah yeah that was in life os yes that's right <laughs> stupid joke um so are you ready to talk about next the uh, next week's show yes please tell the folks what we'll be playing yeah, I've been kind of at a loss here. But I've had a pin in this one, but we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, kind of similar to what we did with Shedder's Revenge. We're going to play a retro-focused game that's actually a new game, uh, which uh, the next episode will be Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 1 and 2 Remake. Heck yeah. Um, and not Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 HD. Not that game. No. <laughs> it's, it's 1 and 2 Remake. So... Uh, so don't, in case you're confused, that's a different game that didn't do so well uh, and didn't play so well, but this is awesome. And, uh, we're not going to call it a Tony Hawk pro skater, um, you know, original or Tony Hawk pro skater two, uh, episode because it's fundamentally different in the way that this one plays. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got, it's got all the, at least in my opinion, it's got all of the best gameplay mechanics from the later games of the series. Mm-hmm. with getting to play it in very pretty versions of levels from the first two games. So I think it fits the bill as a bona fide remake, you know? Yeah. Right? So, But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm not mad that you, <laughs> you <laughs> suggested this cause I love the crap out of Tony Hawk games. Yeah. Um, and I just so happen to own this one already on my PS five. So I'm excited to play it. Yeah, same. I claimed it when it was free back in like 2022, I think. Yeah. Um, Sounds right. Because, yeah, I looked and was like, oh, hey, I own it on PS5 also. I mean, I already also own it on Xbox. Right. And maybe on my Switch. Mm. So I'll play it on a new platform. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
start start fresh. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked. Um, I actually was actually I was actually just thinking about playing this game again. Um, so oh. I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, because you know, again, not too excited about too much right now, but um, I'm sure there'll be more retro games that come to mind. But I think now is as good a time as any to play something that maybe at times can feel a little mindless and just sort of get into the groove. Yeah. It's also got a killer soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that's nice too. So, so yeah. Well, anything else before we get the heck out of here? Let's get the heck out of here. Alrighty. Well, Hey everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there and we appreciate yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to put our words into your ears. It uh, really does mean a lot. You can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Podorama, Podorific-tastic, amazing, podcast-amazing app. I don't know. Um, there's probably something called that. Uh, you can join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram. Come join us next time when we talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake. May your video games be fun, and bye for now. See ya.